Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And, of course, they have Junior Bergen T-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. It's 4 o'clock. Welcome to Tutel and Nuanes, Montana's only statewide sports talk show. Broadcast on 102.9 ESPN Radio for Western Montana and across the state on SWX Television. I like football! Now, sports talk from Montana for Montana. Live from the Kurtz Polaris studio, here is Ryan Tutel and Coulter Nuanes. Will the Grizz football team be better this year than they were last? Will the Lady Grizz women's basketball team be better this year than they were last? And also, why don't we hear from Jeff Choate? It's Tutel and Nuanas 1029 ESPN Radio. Outstanding to be with you on this very fine Friday afternoon. Hope you are having a wonderful day today. All around Western Montana, across the state of Montana, we are thrilled to be with you. Thanks for letting us be there on your radios, on your devices, in your homes, in your cars, wherever you are, uh, you know, quarantining and social Ding and all of that. Remember when social D used to be a uh, band, right? I don't. Social Distortion, dude. Great punk band. I don't know what to tell oh, you on this whole okay. thing. Anyway, uh, we... Uh, you're like referencing Tenacious D. No, no, no. But, not Tenacious but, uh, D. Screwing up the name like you always do. But we are happy to be out there with absolutely all of you. Hope you are uh, well and uh, prepared for a great weekend. And for many of us, the weekend feels a lot like the weekdays at this point. I'm not sure there's a whole lot of difference. Texture to the week like there was Yeah, there you go. Pump up some music. <laughs> um... Hey, if you'd like to listen live on the World Wide Web, you can do that, 1029ESPN.com. You go listen in to the stream. The stream is there all the time on the Listen Live tab, and it is there thanks to Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. If you would like to call, 329-1899 is the phone number. All guests, when they join us via the Rangich Brothers RV phone line. We're going to talk a little bit of Grizz football here off the top, a discussion about 
last year to this year. Everybody was so impressed with the Grizzlies last year, rightfully so, going into the uh, national uh, quarterfinal, being a top five team in the nation, and and even feeling, I know certainly internally, like maybe there was more out there for them uh, in, in, a, in a tough loss uh, on a rainy, ugly night and an ugly game in many ways uh, at Weber State in that national uh, quarterfinal. But will they actually be better? Because they were really good last year, and they leave some absolutely elite players. So we will talk about that a little bit because the expectation is just the progression, just better and better and better. Mm, maybe, maybe not. We'll see. We'll talk about that. We also will get into the Lady Grizz. Look, uh, Mike Petrino, uh, again, coming out of the, the, the big news this week uh, around Western Montana that Shannon Schwain will not be renewed, will not have her contract renewed, and Mike Petrino will take over uh, on an interim basis for this forthcoming season. Uh, he was the associate head coach or head assistant uh, for the Lady Grizz uh, during the course of, of the last four seasons, and so we will uh, discuss what the outlook is and what maybe the outlook would have been uh, had uh, Shannon Schwain been retained. So we'll get into that as well. We also will have our mattress firm student of the week as we do each Friday, and then at the top of the hour, 5 o'clock, Jeff Choate. Coulter sat down with Jeff Choate, had a conversation with him, so we will bring you not so much the interview in full, but several, in fact, about five different, you know, uh, high points and sound bites from Coach Choate talking about various parts of well, everything, right? From the program to the current situation out there in the world to uh, leadership. I mean, everything He's, he, he he went through. The great great conversation that you had with him, Coach. Uh, totally. And uh, this is part of our Big Sky Coaches series, and we will continue to roll these things out. The reason that we're not doing this one radio style, we're doing it more in soundbite style, is because twofold. One, this this kind of came uh, where. I had to just make the call right when the call needed to be made. Right. Choate just said, hey, I got t- time. Call me now. And uh, so I did. Yeah. And so I wasn't with you. Uh, but the other thing is that it was it was a true conversation more than an interview. I definitely had questions prepared, but I also just talked to him. And so it's not really conducive to the radio, but there's a lot of meat in there. There's just also a lot of my thoughts on the world oh, and yeah. his thoughts on the world <laughs> and right. not a lot of it was, it was it was a true conversation yeah we were just talking interview yes right and he knew where he was being interviewed but like he also knew when i was asking him a question for a quote as opposed to when i was just talking to him as a person so yeah kind of one of those deals where you got to go in and out but either way it's a lot of good stuff in there and uh we will continue to roll out um big sky conference coaches series next week we have already pre-recorded with demario warren touch base with jay hill today uh we will have at least an interview with him recorded on Monday, whether or not he can call in or not. And Bruce Barnum will join us next week as well. So Jay Hale from Weber State, Bruce Barnum from Portland State, Demario Warren from Southern Utah, and Montana recruiting coordinator Justin Green. Talked to him for a little while today as well. And uh, he's, he's ready to come on next week too. So stay tuned. We got all sorts of Big Sky football content for you. Even if there's no sports going on in the real world, well, this is this is what we would be doing. I mean, this is right. you know, this is the off season of football, and we would go through our coaches' series as best we could, like we uh, normally do in the off season. So it's it's a great time to track these guys down because they actually, you know, kind of enjoy talking a little bit at this point in time. Uh, quickly here on a Friday afternoon, you know, Colter, we're having this thing where you know only essential businesses are uh, are supposed to be open. There's a lot of them that that uh, uh, you know fall under that heading in the state of Montana, and it's great. We want to have obviously as much commerce as can take place and everything like that within the confines of being safe as is possible. But one thing that there's no question. I mean, I don't care. They can they can shut us down. They can shut down. You know, every you cannot shut down the coffee shops. I mean, my you have it's just an absolute necessity. And so. 
It is our Friday afternoon. Florence Coffee Company coffee break. If you are out and about cruising around, you can go into a Florence Coffee Company kiosk right now. They're all over Western Montana. Get yourself a, uh, I got myself a nice uh, cappuccino. You got your traditional iced Americano. T- Tommy sipping on a black hot Americano. No, no, I chugged it. Oh, it's right. Gone. <laughs> Long gone, baby. One, one just swig. This takes a shot of 12 ounces of hot black coffee. Best uh, and day it's of that week. good. It is the best day it's of the week. It's been the best day of this entire year. Hey, let's be honest. This has been the best day of your entire year. When a friend of mine walks up to me and says, Tommy, in that back room, you'll find a short triple Americano. I mean, there is nothing better. <laughs> and I forget about this every Friday. Well, Thank the best part. And let's be honest, brothers and sisters, my friends in this community, me, just like all of you, you got nothing to do tomorrow. Okay? Nothing. So you might as well just get yourself a nice little caffeine jolt. And if you can't fall asleep, who gives a rip? You're not doing anything. So... Go yeah. to the Florence Coffee Company and get yourself. What are you saying, yeah, for Tommy? Because the only no thing sleep, you sleep, baby. You, you drink, drink the coffee. He goes. He goes All three shots and then bam, right in the sack. Yeah, he doesn't care it's anymore. True. I know. Colter I watched him do it in Vegas. Things. Yeah. All right. Thanks. Uh, our thanks to the Florence Coffee Company for setting us up on a Friday afternoon with our Florence Coffee Company coffee break. Coulter, uh, you and I uh, have been, well, talking about all kinds of things. We've talked a fair amount about the Grizz football program. Uh, in fact, both uh, the Montana and Montana State programs. And specifically this, we've, we've talked about individual players that maybe haven't been starters, that we've seen play maybe a little bit, maybe not at all, but that we're excited and interested in. But you wanted to talk today, and I think these are some great questions about the team as a whole mm-hmm. and the expectations that are there because from year, call it zero to year one, the second time around for Bobby Houck, his first year, they were certainly better, and you could see the shift in culture and in in style of play. And it's hanging on to the ball, just the little things, too. I mean, just knowing how to win, knowing how to finish games, knowing how to not yeah. lose games. I mean, the Grizz basically lost. The Grizz did not get really beat, but maybe twice in Bobby Houck's first season. They lost the games. I mean, they, they totally. killed themselves, shot themselves in the foot. So, it, from from but 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 coming out of Bob Stitt's, Time and into Bobby Houck's first year, you could see, even though that the, the records were similar, they were a little better, I think. But but you could see how different this team was playing, and then their market improvement, obviously, from year one to year two. And everybody that's a Grizz fan that was you know especially on board for the first tenure of Bobby Houck goes, well, here we go, the ascent back to the top, RTD, this whole thing, and everybody's bought in on it. And and that's that's a good thing. Like I, I mean, there's a lot of reason, as we've talked about quite a bit from a quite a different angles, for just straight optimism from a football perspective yep. with the Montana Grizzly program right now. That's mm-hmm. why, among other things, Bobby Houck just signed a four-year contract extension. Yep. Okay. Also, though, they were really good last year, and in fact, this week in in Coach Houck's interview with us he said you know he's like be honest how many games did you think we'd win and we talked to him about it. he's like i'll tell you what when we got done with spring ball last year i got my coaches together and i said i think we're good i think we're actually pretty good and he was trying which to, he would never say that beforehand but he's saying it in after, and he, after and the fact he was trying i mean but i wrote my preseason preview that we ran in july and the whole lead was about a scene in which bobby Houck was on a golf course and somebody asked him where he thought the Grizzlies were going to finish and he's like well who are we going to lose to right and Coming out of spring last year, coming into last season, I know a lot of people thought Montana would be a little bit better than their six and five record of 2018. 
but I think a lot of people thought that would mean like an eight win year, an eight and four year or something. I had them at at ten and two, or I had them at, at nine and two going into the Cacaris game, and then I had that game as a coin flip. And they ended up winning 10 games before the Cacaris game. Or I guess they ended up winning nine games before the Cacaris game and then lost to Cacaris game and then won a playoff game. And they ended up 10 and four because then they lost their last playoff game. But I thought they'd be at 10 wins. But the reason I thought that is because if you have one of the best players in the country at a key offensive position and you have one of the best players in the country at a key defensive position and you build your entire programs around that, that can make so many waves in the FCS. And they had a guy who just watching him in the spring with no Gresh Jensen competition, no, you know, nothing breathing down his neck, just a straight up empowered captain in Dalton Sneed at quarterback. And then a guy with Dante Olson that the only way you could ever find any motivation ever after having a 179 tackle season as a junior was that you didn't win the Buck Buchanan Award. So then he went out and made sure damn well he was gonna win it this yeah. year. But just just starting and ending with those two dudes. I just thought that Montana was going to be one of the best teams in the Big Sky just because they had two of the absolute best players. And I want to circle back specifically to those two guys in this conversation. But one thing that I want to point out here is, you were right, they had, was it six wins in, in six year and one? Five, yep. Six and five, And like you said, I think a lot of people thought, okay, eight wins would be would be really solid. Like a two, first of all, in, in a season where you play 11 games – Two wins better than the year right. before is a giant. Well, and it was forward. a twelve game season this last year right, too. So, then, so, the you, so you could even get the two more wins even without going undefeated in those two games. You know That's right, I mean? right. And so, uh, uh, but to go from six to ten was unbelievable. But I think that people have been really reticent it uh, that are that are Grizz football fans to talk about national prominence and whisper things like national championship and that thing and I think it's twofold one is it's been a long time since Montana has been good enough to really be in that conversation and two it's been a long time since anybody not named North Dakota State has been good enough to be in that conversation so it's about how good are is you know is your team if you're a Grizz fan and also everybody understands that the door that somebody has to kick down at some point uh, if you're going to be the champions of the FCS, right? And it, 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 that, that door has basically been impervious. And so setting aside NDSU for the time being, when Montana humiliated Weber State in Missoula in the second-to-last game of the regular season, all of the conversation that had been sort of built up behind the dam for years and years and years and years all of a sudden, I think, came flooding out. I mean, with that absolute physically dominant sort of performance that they had against the number three team in the nation at the time, yep. I mean, people were just going, wait, is, has it happened already? Are we already there? And my biggest question mark when it comes to that is that Montana destroyed Weber State and then lost to them a couple weeks later. A lot of factors went into that. Sure. The, the conditions Weather. that were down in Ogden, all that. But... More than anything else, I think that the one thing that Bobby Houck, 100% we can affirm has reestablished is that, and this is the thing that just made me so mad about Bob Stitt. And I don't have a rooting interest in this stuff. You just have to take pride in the certain things that are your entrenched advantages. You can't lose at home. If yeah. you're Montana, it's unex- for Bobby Houck, it is unacceptable to lose at home. Yeah. And that's something that he has instilled in his players Full force. And that is, I mean, that gets you, if you're Montana, it gets you six wins every year. Right. Then all you got to do is go two and two to make the playoffs. And if you go three and one, you're going to be a seed. And if you go four and oh, 
then it's a coin flip with the Bobcats, and you're going to be a seed win or lose to the Bobcats. That's yeah. that's the situation you always want to be in. That's the situation Montana was in for literally 25 years, and then it took this dip. But I still wonder if they still have the – I want to say deficiencies. If they're still just that overshadowing thing of them being able to win on the road because they didn't look good on the road a lot. Still, they right. had, they had they don't have that statement road performance. I mean, their their best road win last year was probably at UC Davis. And, yes, it was, and and that was a that was and a, that was uh, a good win, but it was against ultimately a program that, that, that wasn't record. as good as they thought they were going to. Yeah, be. I mean, UC Davis finished with a losing record, and and Montana also just jailbreaked them. You know, I mean, the sure. UC Davis didn't know what was coming in that game. And, you know, it is what it is, it but, is what, but that was a five and seven team by the end of the year. But let me finish, though, just kind of the so so you get to this point where this this blowout win over the number three team in the nation and and people are going, well, well wait, well, how, how high can we go? Is this is it already happening? Has it already happened? Is this the team that's going to make this happen? And very quickly, the following week, you found out no. And then the week after that, they get they well they have the bite, and then they get the first playoff win in a long time, and that's a, a, a huge deal. But then there's an opportunity to go get it done at Weber State, and they they don't seize that opportunity. And 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 there, like you said, there's a lot of factors that go into it. Just to fortify the road and away, Montana yeah. was seven and zero at home last year, three and four on the road. There you go. Point being is this: you talked about the road rec- record. But to have gone from six wins to ten is a gargantuan step forward. And to have gotten a bye and be a top, you know, ten, shoot a top five team in the country by by ranking at, at, at one stage and then make it into the national uh, quarterfinal, regardless of how that game goes and you feel like, okay, there was something else out there. Any Montana fan on earth, if you sold them that bill of goods at the at the start of the season, would have been doing backflips for joy if they thought that was going to happen in year two. And it's just not a foregone conclusion then at this point, because of how big a step forward that was, that, that all of a sudden there's a yet another major step forward, national semifinals or better, 11 wins or whatever it's going to be. I mean, it probably wouldn't be 11 wins in a 12-game regular season, but I get it with the postseason and all that compared to what it was last year. I mean, that was a really good team, and it's going to take a lot for this team to be better than that. No doubt. And here's the the threshold we always cross. When a, when a new coach takes over that takes over a, a program that has never been very good or has been trying to find some sort of traction, then year three is a lot of time of the year they t- you see them take off. When you have a coach that takes over at a premier program that has been d- just down and they just needed some new energy, like Montana – I often think that year two is when they have the big jolt. Year three is the hardest year. Mm-hmm. And then year four, they might have another jolt because the guys, like the guys year one, it's going to be my way or the highway. And the dudes are going to be out. And by year two, the dudes who chose my way, chose Bobby Houck's way, those dudes are now fully bought in and they're going to sell out for you. And you've likely gotten rid of a lot of the guys that wouldn't have sold out for you that came to play for the other coach. But then you have this dip where that group moves on and it's a lot of your guys, and a lot of times a lot of your guys, especially when you recruit like Coach Houck yeah. from the high school level, they're just young. And so it's not just Dalton Sneed and Dante Olson. Cy Sermon went from a guy who couldn't find a position to the second-best center in the league. What would he have been if he would have played center the whole time? You could debate that all you want, but at sure. the end of the day, he was the second-best center in the Big Sky Conference. That's tough to replace. Angel Villanueva was a guy that had an up-and-down career. But he was still a second-team all-league guy his senior year. That's, right. That's hard to find a one of the four best guards in the league to replace, no matter who he was recruited by. 
But then the other the thing that Montana does have coming back, even though they do lose some guys that I think are going to be that they're not going to be able to replace this year. It's going to take a couple years to get qual- the, that caliber of quality at those positions. They do have a couple guys still that are the best players in the country at their position. Samari Torre, Sammy Akim. And if he takes the next step, maybe even Marcus Knight. Stutel Nuanas, 102.9 ESPN Radio. Carl Tyler Chevrolet, locally owned and community driven. The Carl Tyler Auto Group. Let me ask you this, Coulter. Let me, I want to do this from two different directions, okay? Yep. Let's do the reasons why they're not going to be better this year than they were, and then the reasons they will be better this year than they were last year. Okay. Generally speaking, football teams, college football teams, lose their two to five to eight best players every year. Right. Losing your two best players, and more than that, potentially, I mean, Jerry Louis McGee, uh, plenty plenty of great players, but losing your two best players is one thing. Losing an all-conference caliber, absolute unquestioned leader, and at his best, an unstoppable quarterback, and then the guy who was, I mean, ultimately the best defensive football player in the country. Mm Mm-hmm. Those don't get replaced. They just don't get replaced. And particularly positionally, the linebacker, it seems, has been maybe, has taken on a a role of less importance in modern football than more. But if there's a defense where it's critical, at least the way they set it up last year, and maybe they set it up that way because they did have Dante Olsen, it was absolutely massive. I'm not actually as worried about them defensively, though, because their young group up front, is just looks like it could be bonkers. Bonkers. It does. And so... And they'll be able to rush the passer a lot better. They won't have to blitz as much, and that just eases up so many responsibilities yep. across the board. And 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 you still have Robbie Houck. You still right. have Jace Lewis. I mean, and, and you got Nash Fouch, who I think right. is a guy who could really be a rangy guy. He could make he could open up everything in your defense if he can run like he looks like he can. But that group of sophomores, man, is... is I mean, they look to be... The absolute real deal for the next three seasons. I no mean, doubt. It, it I mean, be, Alex Gubner, Milton Mamula, Jacob McGoring, you know, Eli Alford, Bryson, Braden Deming. Those guys are yeah, they're all studs up front for sure. But I am I. I just don't know. Like, let's put it like this: I would be. It's 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 hard for me to imagine that whether it's Cam Humphrey or anybody else that you have the level of play and the level of leadership and all the things that Dalton Sneed brought to this team. Exactly. Dante Olsen is way easier to replace than Dalton Sneed, as crazy as that sounds. Whoever's playing in the middle, the spot that Dante Olsen played last year, he's going to have 150 tackles this year because of the scheme. <laughs> I mean, Jace Lewis had 135. How can you say he's not? The difference you know? is, will the, will the tackles be going in the direction that Dante Olsen was going, which is back up the field, or will it be falling well, backwards? And that's. I mean, know. a lot of opponents would say that a lot of the tackles were down the field in Dante Olsen's case, too, and that's how right. you get 48-14 on an afternoon in Bozeman. Yeah. But either way, yeah. uh, I mean, let's, let's put it in an example like this. Why didn't uh, a guy like Adam Rodriguez at Weber State play until his junior year? For no reason than because he was playing against NFL guys in front of him. Yeah, McKay Murphy was a guy that probably would have got drafted. He would have tore his peck. You know, I mean, Jonah Williams had to wait his turn too. Now he's gonna a guy that's probably gonna get drafted out of Weber State. That's the situation you want to be in, where the only reason your young guys are only playing spot snaps is because the dudes in front of them are so freaking good. Right. Look at the Cats. Like the Cats right now, they have to replace Braden Conkle. They got to replace Jackway Allen at safety. They got to replace Josh Hill at inside linebacker. They got to replace Derek Marks and Bryce Sterk on the defensive line. 
all of those guys are much easier to replace than Dalton Snead. That's the thing. Why? If, if the question is, what would it take for Montana to be worse? Well, they. I know that the resume and history is going to remember Dalton Snead as a two-time honorable mention all-league quarterback. That's just. That's just. That's, that's just missing the forest for the trees. Is what exactly it is. Yeah. like the the. So many, so many different factors. I mean, injuries and all this stuff. Whatever. Ask anybody in the league. Steed was one of the five biggest game changers in the league no the doubt. last two years. Period. Yeah. And so without him, what do you do? I'm not sure. And and also I, I think too, and this is an, an, a bit of an aside, but he was absolutely dead middle central to the culture shift that happened for this team as a whole. Right. And uh, you know. I don't want to rehash everything, but there was a whole lot of talk, of questions, of quandary about what the second, you know, stint of of Bobby Houck's tenure was going to be like. And when the All-American freshman quarterback who looks like he's going to be locked and loaded for four of the biggest years ever at the position at the University of Montana just up and quits the program. Right. There was more than eyebrows that were raised going on with Certainly. a lot of controversial conversation that was going on there. And Dalton Sneed just came in and just threw all the water in the ocean all over whatever fire that was. I mean, it's so hard to be a leader as a transfer anyways, but Bobby Hawks never talked about one of his quarterbacks like he talked about Dalton Sneed. I, mean, I wasn't working in the media yet when Craig Oaks was the quarterback, so maybe he did talk glowingly about Craig Oaks back during that 2004 run of the national championship. But I started writing for the Kaiman two years later, and a lot of it was proximity bias on my part because the guy who was getting dragged through the body out quarterback ringer was my roommate. So I mean, I remember I mean when when Cole Burkus was the was the starter and then the not the starter, and they brought in Jason Washington to start over him as a transfer, Josh Schwager as a transfer. Finally, Cole gets the job. Then he's still just not good enough. <laughs> Regardless. I was just so used to Bobby always downplaying mm-hmm. his quarterbacks, saying mm-hmm. the quarterback position. He said this to us. He said, I am one of the few people that think that it's not paramount. It's not essential. But if you have a great one, you ride with it. But I, and, I mean, would he, you, he wasn't saying not essential that the, he's a good player. Right. Not essential that he is the, the alpha leader. leader of your offense or right. of your team. Right. right. But I mean, would you agree that it just seemed as if that was one of the best? I mean, that, that Bobby Houck was. More enamored with Dalton Sneed than, than most players, just in the way that he stood up for him so consistently. Yes. I think that tells you how important, how good he was. And, and I think, look, man, Bobby Houck, he's not dumb. You 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 need guys to buy into you and have at least something of, you know, a relationship, of a friendship, of a of a of a you know, of a happiness, a joy of working together, you know, aka working together. When you bring a guy like that in there, he needs to know that you absolutely have his back if he's going to go all in for you. And in a transitional spot like that, that was critical, man, for 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 all the things to come together. And so I think that Bobby Howe, it, it wasn't disingenuous. Certainly it was real, but it was also intentional that he was so forthcoming in his in his lauding of of Dalton Sneed over the course of those two years. And also it showed up on the field and I must say, I am. I think Cam Humphrey has the skill to be a really good quarterback. I always find it a little bit tenuous when it's a one and done situation. Like sure. he's here for his senior year, he's played a couple of games, but 
you know, a transfer guy, good for him for sticking it out and not winning the job and still stuck with the program. But now he's got his kind of one opportunity. And I wonder, you know, is there a certain amount of stress or pressure now, First, even with now a new incumbent, you know, transfer, of course, that's always going to be there for the open competition and stuff coming in there? Like, what is the actual level of play? I do think, though, Coulter, that in general, this has been a young team that's getting one year older, and there's a bunch of talent that's up and coming. And I think that they're, I think there's potential for this team to be better. That doesn't necessarily translate to a better season in terms of wins and losses. You know what I mean? I do. the The two factors I think that could make Montana better is one, if all the recruiting and development they've done on the offensive line really starts to blossom. Common Beaver, I thought, was better last year. He actually got higher postseason accolades than I thought he would. He was a second-team all-league guy at left tackle. I thought he was definitely one of the the seven or eight best tackles in the league. I didn't know if he was one of the best four. Mm-hmm. That's her no there. He got it. Yep. But if he could take that next step and be an elite, you know, first-team all-league, unanimous-type guy, mm-hmm. if Dylan Cook, Cook can yeah. be a, a guy – but on to me, it's more important about the interior. They got to find a center that has cohesiveness. I mean, the chemistry between Cy Sermon and Dalton Sneed was one of the most underrated factors on the Grizz last mm. year. And how smart Cy Sermon is, how much Dalton Sneed trusted him. They were able to run so much, so much advanced stuff because of pre-snap protections, all that kind of stuff. So, the continued development of the lines, offensive and defensive lines. If the corners, if they can figure out guys that are just not just average, but they could be above average to elite corners that could really revolutionize their defense. But the number one factor that they could be better this year is if the quarterback, I don't want to say doesn't matter, but if, if, I mean, there's a real chance that Cam Humphrey could throw for 3,500 yards and 30 touchdowns without being as good as Dalton Sneed mm. because of the dudes he's throwing to. Totally. You got to remember, Samari Torre had a, one of the most incredible breakout seasons that we've seen. I think people thought he was a really talented guy. I don't think anybody thought he was shattering Mark Mariani's single-season record for receiving yards in a season. I don't think anybody thought he was going to blow Randy Moss's playoff record, single-game playoff record for receiving yards in a single game out the window like he did. That said, people forget that Sammy Kim wasn't healthy down the stretch. What if he would have been? Yeah. What was the ceiling for this team? If those guys both take the next step again, I mean, you're talking about two dudes who could get drafted, and then it might not matter who's throwing them the ball. You might just be able to just chuck it up. I mean, you might throw for. I mean, Cam Humphrey threw for three hundred yards two out of three games he started That's last right. year, and, and uh, like the Portland State game, Cam Humphrey was just chucking it. Just give it to Samari Torrey. Just go. So if those guys t- do take the next step, then and Cam Humphrey just doesn't doesn't mess it up, just gets them the ball. They can be better just because of the skill players they have offensively. It's two Tell Nuanas one zero two nine ESPN Radio. We'll take a quick break on the other side. The Lady Grizz basketball team will uh, face this next season under Mike Petrino. What do we expect out of this Lady Grizz team? How is that going to go? We'll discuss that as there's a new coach uh, for the Lady Grizz basketball team right after this. Coulter, Boyle, Devney, and Meyer. I know that we're in some pretty tough times right now. They've decided to donate their live read to the Missoula Food Bank and Community Center. Tell the folks about the food bank. Missoula Food Bank right now operating with extended hours. They're open 8 a.m. to 7 p.m. on Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday, and then 8 a.m. to 1 p.m. on Wednesday and Friday. 
They have a new program, Transition Grab and Go Box Model, so that reduces the time you're in the store. People can literally be out and in, in and out in 60 seconds. They're working with the Missoula County Public Schools as partners to ensure that all the children in the community have access to food, even with school being out. And they're buying way more food than normal because of increased demand. So financial donations are always needed, but especially now, they also need volunteer support from folks that are healthy and low risk from around the community. Signing up for the volunteers on the on their website is ideal. Food Bank so grateful to the community of Missoula has already stepped up to generously make what we have support to, and follow. So the best way to get a hold of them follow them on Facebook or visit their website missoulafoodbank.com. At Blackfoot, we're experts at keeping businesses connected to customers and communities. During this time, we want to help share our expertise with your business. From advising on remote workforce systems to assessing internet connections, we're here to help deploy the solution you need to continue supporting your customers. How can we help your business? Call 866-541-5000 or visit goblackfoot.com slash remote workforce to learn more. mobile i don't mean like it can move it's still a building and stuff but i can change my orientation around when we're back on the tv i think we need some mobile cameras tommy you know what i'm saying follow me around i will fight you through this glass while i'm jogging doing laps in here this is great to tell new one is 1029 espn radio great to be with you on this friday afternoon why did you do that why did you go over there so i can see tommy stuff Ah. was happening so Here's the deal. For the first time, this is so nice. People don't understand how big a deal this is. <laughs> yeah, we used to be. We've oh, never man. been able to see the producer ever, regardless ever. of who it's been. They're in a, another room down the hall in a whole different so place. They're, they're yelling at us in our headphones. They're messaging us on Facebook. It's really hard. So actually. we have a new like proper situation where there's a nice glass wall. Tommy's on the other side of it and we can look at him. But of course, I'm set up in such a way where I have my back to him anyway. So it doesn't do me a whole lot of good. By design, man. So By design. anyway, I've tried to, to, to shift a little bit here to get into a position where I can see the both of you. And uh, actually, Colton, this is good because we have now we had six feet between us. Now I think we're about eight feet away from each other. So even the more safe. <laughs> Safety first. It's Tutel Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio. Hope you're having a great day. Thanks for being with us. Uh, Coulter, obviously the biggest news of the week this week is the non-renewal. Shannon Schwain uh, as the head coach of the Lady Grizz. Four seasons as the uh, head coach of the Montana women's basketball team. And uh, she will not be renewed. And... In addition to that, Mike Petrino, who's been on the staff the whole time, has been uh, elevated to interim head coach. And that head coach uh, tag, but also duration, is uh, reportedly going to last through this entire upcoming season. Primarily, my understanding is a result, in terms of the duration of it, 
uh, as a result of a hiring freeze that now exists because of the world at large and the state of affairs that, that everybody's kind of dealing with right now. And so uh, they needed to go internal on this. I'm happy about this. Mike, in, in terms of uh, a coach, I'm very excited to see what Mike Petrino is and can be as the Lady Grizz head coach. He's got you know, great experience. Obviously, he comes from a coaching family. He's been coaching a long time, but he's been coaching women's basketball a long time. Was that Wyoming and other places? And so, um, you know, I'm optimistic about him being in that spot. And I also think there's a level at which, like, sometimes if things aren't going well, you want to just go and do something all the way different. You know what I mean? I understand, you know, that whole thing. We've seen it plenty of times. I mean, we saw it from, from, uh, uh, you know, Mick Delaney to Bob Stitt and then back again from Bob Stitt to Bobby Houck. I mean, this, this you know, the pendulum swing and sort of the styles and types of, of people that you have installed as the coach. At, for the men's program, you've had this remarkable continuity and we did the entire podcast series as a result of that where they keep going inside the family and the only time they went out of the family is when it really didn't work out very well. And so you have the pattern there. There's really only been, you know, two coaches for the Lady Grizz. It's been Robin Selvig, and then they, you know, went with Shannon Schwain, which was a yeah. pretty obvious direction to go in the moment. It would be easy at this point, it seems to me, to – obviously, you can't do it. Who knows what would have happened if this was a normal situation that we were in and that business as usual would have been carried on. But you do the national coaching search or whatever it is, and you go and find somebody, and who knows who what name that would have been. Maybe it would have been Mike Petrino. I do think, though, there is something to be said for a guy who has seen and been in this the whole time. And the downside of it, he has been there the whole time. And we saw what the product was, not meeting the potential, as we talked about, and the talent that was on the floor. But also, a guy who's got to be very aware of the things that didn't work and why, up close and personal, and be able, hopefully, to change those things and rectify that course because he is intimately familiar with it. And and I, I'm I'm optimistic that he's going to be able to do that. What do you think, though, about this situation that Montana's women's basketball team is in right now heading into, obviously, a long ways away, but next year's season? I mean, I've been very critical of the player management, the roster management, and just the X's and O's that Montana – has operated with over the last couple of years. I think it's been pretty obvious that late-game situations are a big weakness. Uh, the rotation of players, the role definition for players has been a big weakness. To me, next year's team's biggest issue is going to be talent. They do have some talent coming back. How does that talent mesh together? When you look at what this team loses, they lose Mackenzie Johnson, who's been their heart and soul the last four years. But you could say, okay, she was a great individual player who did everything she could but it didn't really result in that very many very many victories. Yeah. Taylor Golagoski, former Montana Gatorade Player of the Year out of Hamilton, she was good her first two years, then she tore her knee, and it, she was non-existent because she missed the year, and then it took her a long time to get back. I think she had a hard time buying into the role that she initially was given because, I mean, she's supposed to be one of your go-to scorers. And then sure. she embraced it towards the end, and she had a great last couple of games. She actually probably played the best of any of the seniors in terms of, how she had been playing played she raised her level the last month of the season and she actually played great in that win against NAU she played great in the tournament one of the only people that did play great in the tournament so uh, it will be hard to replace her for sure she had some local flavor obviously to being from the Bitterroot Valley and then Emma Stockholm I mean that was Montana's second leading scorer and she uh, she left some some to be desired in terms of internal defense but she also 
was the rare stretch four or five that can really she can start for you in the post but step out and hit the three. Yeah. And she had some games where she really did light it up. So those will be hard to place. And then you know, Gabby Harrington, I thought was misused this last year, but just her talent, her athleticism, that'll be missed for sure. You know, don't I think Kylie Frolich all along has been playing the wrong sport. I think she's an elite javelin thrower in track and field. I hope that that's where her athletic career leads her. But she was playing 10 minutes a game. I don't think it's a huge loss. But you look at what they have coming back. I've confirmed with some pretty reliable sources that Sophia Styles has had her surgery. I don't know how that happened. I don't know how they got her through the system. But pretty good sources say that she did have surgery on her shoulder. That's a good thing for the – I don't know what what I think of that from just a medical perspective with what's going on in the world right now, but that's a good thing from an athletics perspective. Because for sure. the sooner the better, you got to get it done. It's a six- to seven-month recovery. Having it right now, April, late March or early April, depending on when it actually occurred, she could be back by the end of the non-conference or if you're going to be hesitant, at least, at least by conference play. But they're going to need her for sure. She's one of their top returners. They got Jamie Pickens coming back, at least presumably – and that's she's a good piece. She'll be the, probably the starter at power forward. They have Abby Anderson coming back. If she could take the next step, she could be a good player. And so my question then, though, is can those two play together, Pickens and Anderson? The rest of the, the starting lineup, though, I mean, Maddie Schoening is back. She's been she's played way above her head a lot during her Grizz career. It's just a matter of when she can play. She's just been so hurt. Yeah, she's been hurt for two and a half years. And so what can you get out of her? How healthy is she going to be? And can Carmen G. Feller bounce back from the injury that cost her this year as well? G. Feller is a top-level recruit. I mean, she was the Associated Press Washington Player of the Year coming out of Colfax High School. She's supposed to be a contributor right away. She did play a little bit as a freshman and then didn't play this year. Sister of Brandon, correct? Yep, Brandon, Brandon G. Feller for sure. But, you know, Styles showing G. Feller, Pickens, and Anderson, if they all can fulfill their potential, it's a pretty good lineup. But my biggest questions are, can Pickens and Anderson play together? I'm not sure. And what are you going to do with your bench? Because Jordan Schwain's coming off an injury. She played spot minutes as a true freshman two years ago, and she was she was okay. She can get better. She could be a contributor, certainly. Who knows what's up with Shelby Schwain? She has not participated in an athletic sporting event since the, the Class AA state track meet her junior year. She, she got hurt in volleyball and has not played. I mean, she missed volleyball, yeah. basketball, yeah. track, and then basketball again. And so, I mean... Four knee surgeries at that young of an age, that is just brutal to come back from. We wish her well because she's a phenomenal uh, athlete. No I, just don't, I just don't know what her skill level is going to be like because she hasn't played hoops in a couple of years. And then the whole rest of the roster, it's all going to be these freshmen that we're talking about, whether it's Willa Albrecht from Billings West, Kendall Keller from Malta, Latia Lawrence from Harlem, or Carson Murphy from Glendive. I just don't know how much you can really rely on true freshmen to play bulk bench minutes. You might get spot minutes, but I just don't know how much you can – have true freshmen play bulk minutes, especially when they're coming from like class B, class A schools. No doubt. And I, I, I do think that there is room on this roster and need on this team for a transfer of some sort. And I don't know where they go to try and find that, but but I think that that is something that, that they certainly need to look into. I want to just keep this to the starting five that you've listed here. First of all, I'll answer your question. I think Jamie Pickens can play on the floor with anybody. And so her with Abby Anderson, that that doesn't bother me. And particularly in the women's game right now, I think it's actually, it, it could be, let's put it like this, there's certain matchups in which that would be a dominant twosome to have both of them yes. on the interior. And there would, be, there would be teams that would have no answer for that. There are other teams that would have an answer, but Jamie Pickens is so skilled. And frankly, Abby Anderson has shown 
Uh, we, we know that she is defensively on the interior around the block, but she, she showed some flashes offensively as well at times. Um, but again, it comes down to coaching. You have to, you have to show them how to do it, but Pickens has the skill to play almost anywhere on the floor and can move in and out as needed. Now, a lot of that is instinct. A lot of that is just sort of basketball IQ and acumen. I think she has a very high basketball acumen. Is it enough to understand the, the, the moments and the whens of how to move in real time? I mean, that's the thing about basketball, right? Like, you you get coached up, but then you just got to go do it. It's not like you go back to the huddle after the play and set up again for, for the snap of the ball. It, it's just happening. So you need to know where and how to go and feel it. And, uh, you know, that is an open question for anybody playing the sport if they're able to do that in a situation where there's going to be, you know, where you need to have that space, create the space and the ball moving and all that with two, uh, you know, bigs on the floor. I do think, though, bar, you know, barring injury or recovery and all of that, this starting five is very good. I mean, it's on, it is a very talented group right there. And so, you know, that, that to me, you know, if that's what we're going to go with. It's so much confidence based though, right? We know what kind of athlete size Sophia Styles is. She has never, never even touched the surface of what she should be. That's right. Because of injuries, that's and right. that's that's always going to be in the back of your mind. I mean, you have to feel so bad for the girl. She's been hurt the whole time. She's been in Missoula. The thing, the thing I'll say though, and we don't know that. And same with Maddie Schoening, right? And like Carver Schiffler sure. has not gotten a chance to really play because she's been hurt too. We don't know the nature of the shoulder injury per se, but obviously it was bad enough to have to have a surgery or that it needed surgery. I think that recovering from an upper body injury as a basketball player, it takes way less time in terms of the confidence that you're healthy than a knee. And the fact that she played an entire year on, you know, uh, uh, an ACL, uh, you know, had an ACL tear, had it surgically repaired, came back and played on that knee with the brace and everything like that. I think that that is the thing that I would be more hesitant on if this was if that's what she was coming back from. Coming back from a shoulder, I think it's just like, you know, can can you get over the pain? Does that go away and is your range of motion what it needs to be? But I don't think you're necessarily protecting it like you would be initially uh, on on a lower body deal and you're worried about, okay, well, when I plant, well, when I cut, well, when I do this and that, how is it going to respond? You know, your shoulder just sort of gets carried along by the rest of you and and, and that's okay. So uh, we'll see. But I, I think, look, they're certainly not in a position where you sit here and go, oh, you know, it's 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 a complete rebuild situation. You know what I mean? Like the talent is here for this team to be good. It's going to come down to, to coaching, and it's going to come down to health. I mean, those are those are the keys here, and uh, and we'll see where we're at. But like we said, Coulter, this is a very young conference this past season. The conference as a whole is going to be much better, presumably, this next season than it was this past season, as many of the, the, the kids who got lots of minutes are returning to their respective teams. The, the, you want to know the most underrated factor What's that? about this whole thing? Tell me. There's one thing that's undeniable that Shannon Schwain did so well over the last 28 years. That's Coach Montana's posts. You look at the post play that they've gotten, whether it was Holly Tyler or Katie Baker, Kaylee Valley or Jace Henderson, you know, Krista Redpath, even in the late 90s, Linda Weiler in the late 90s. There's been a ton of 
at least really solid, and in some cases, Big Sky MVP caliber post players that Shannon Schwain helped mentor yeah. and work with. It's good. They don't have that now. Can Jace Anderson step into that mold? I mean, that's one thing I have confirmed. Can Nate Colville step into that role? At at this exact moment, the one thing I can confirm is that Jace Anderson, Nate Colville, and Jordan Sullivan have all been retained for now on Mike Petrino's staff. So they have staff continuity. Jace Anderson will just move up from her ops position to now be an assistant. Everybody moves one seat to the left. And it's actually very interesting because you talk about the family, the Montana Grizz basketball family, whether it's on the men's or women's side. Now, Mike Petrino's going to be the first non-alum to coach any Grizz basketball whatsoever since Pat Kennedy in the early 2000s and one of only a couple people in the last 40-plus years that is not a Montana alum to coach. But it's interesting that he has Robin Selvig's niece and Jordan Sullivan, Jace Henderson's an all-league player, and then Nate Colville, who's an all-big sky player for the men's team back in the day. He's got people that have great pride in this school, so I think that that will help support him. To me, this all just comes down to— Well, and it's not like he's not familiar— no doubt, and he's he's been around, and I mean he's he's got Montana ties certainly, right? So he, he is familiar. But to me, the other thing is though, you talk about the three signings they have soon to be four once Latia Lawrence signs next week. Added to this group that then includes the Schwains, if they choose to come back. I mean that's going to be another situation that who knows we're not going to even be able to really navigate that one for a while because I mean that's just going to be a tenuous push no matter what, right? But they do have scholarships. Right. So where do they go get him? Right. And what does Mike Petrino, I mean, where does he go with this thing? Does he try to stay status quo, or does he want to make this thing his own? Montana, I don't know if Montana's ever, they got one junior college transfer I can ever remember, and it's because it was Anthony Johnson's wife. And and Wayne Tickle was like, well, we got to get this guy. So, Robin, you're giving his yeah. wife a scholarship. And she actually ended up being a good player. Yeah. But I cannot remember them getting another junior college. I can't think of one junior college player they've ever gotten. Yep. But, but maybe he dips into his Wyoming roots and starts mining that junior college league. I mean, there's great junior college basketball. Yeah. I just, I don't know. I just, it'd be interesting to see it's a different how they day. pivot. It's a different day, man. I mean, it, it just, it just is. And I think that you need it right now. It's Tutel Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio. You ready for a new truck? Get to Mildenberger Motors in Hamilton for the best deals and the best trucks, Duramax, Chevy, or GMC. On the other side, matches from Student of the Week next. At Blackfoot, we're experts at keeping businesses connected to customers and communities. During this time, we want to help share our expertise with your business. From advising on remote workforce systems to assessing internet connections, we're here to help deploy the solution you need to continue supporting your customers. How can we help your business? Call 866-541-5000 or visit goblackfoot.com slash remote workforce to learn more. To tell in Nuanes on 102.9 ESPN Radio for Missoula. Well, every Friday around here, we try and uh, talk to our mattress firm, Student of the Week. Now, with the suspension of spring sports, we're kind of doing... A little, a little different thing here with SWX Television. Going to do a best of for the month of April. And uh, the voting for the Matches Firm Student of the Year is going to be coming up here soon. So we will keep you directed on where to go, how to vote. And uh, some student who is a student of the week is going to be winning a uh, $3,000 scholarship courtesy of Mattress Firm uh, for, uh, for being a part of this thing. But this week we wanted to revisit a great conversation that we had the great Falls high schooler named Tia Zaremski. She was 
an absolute joy to talk to you. I think you'll uh, recall this conversation if you heard it the first time. If not, enjoy it now. Our Mattress Firm Student of the Week out of Great Falls High, Tia Zaremski. Time now to welcome in our Mattress Firm Student of the Week, a junior from Great Falls High School, Tia Zaremski. Tia, thanks so much for being with us. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. Well, I'm ha- ha- we're happy to have you, certainly, Tia. We appreciate you being with us. Congratulations on being the student of the week. And you have been doing all kinds of things up there uh, at Great Falls High School. You're on the dance team. You are part of Graduation Matters. You are uh, uh, one of the team members for Business Professionals of America. What is that? What is Business Professionals of America for a junior in high school? Um, so Business Professionals of America is a nationwide high school club, and we compete in business-related topics um, like video production, working on situations on what businesses, like problems that businesses would face and how we would solve them, and then we can compete up at a national level. What got you first interested in just the business element of this? Well, uh, I took business classes my freshman year of high school here, and um, the business teacher who runs the club asked me if I'd be interested. And so knowing that I wanted to get involved into things, you know, for college applications and things like that, I started to look into it. And then so I joined and started competing my sophomore year and found that uh, it was a lot of fun and I really enjoyed it. You know, you're in a, a bunch of different things, all those things we mentioned. You're also, we'll talk about this, going to participate in a walkathon for the Special Olympics. Why, why is it that you have gotten involved in so many different things and really a, a variety, not just in one sort of vein, but a, a bunch of different things from dance to business to Special Olympics? Well, at first, um, I just wanted to get involved, build up my resume and things like that. But after my freshman year joining one or two things, I realized that it's a lot of fun and meeting new people and kind of growing my growing opportunities and my strengths and learning new skills was really fun and interesting for me. And I knew it would help prepare me for my life um, and college and things like that. So uh, just when I read about more clubs here that they had to offer here and the things that they do, I just thought it'd be a lot of fun and a good opportunity. What's some of the favorite things that you've learned so far? Um, I think how to connect with people very well. Um, I used to be very shy, and now I'm more outgoing, and I've had a lot more fun with things. Let's talk about the uh, walkathon uh, that you're doing. By the way, Tia Zaremski joining us. She is our Masters Firm Student of the Week. It's a walkathon that's happening December 8th for the Special Olympics. What What is that exactly? So Winter Wonderland Walkathon is an event that our BPA club here throws every year. So um, for BPA, a big aspect of it is raising money for Special Olympics. And so at state level, we have a chain of love, which $1 equals one paper chain. And everyone tries to create a large paper chain to help support Special Olympics. So um, each BPA member that joins for Winter Wonderland Walkathon raises pledges to walk around our Gibson Park here. And then so on December 8th, we'll be joining, getting all together at Gibson Park, and some of the athletes will be joining us. And we walk around Gibson Park, and we get to raise money, make friendships with some of the athletes, and have a good time. That's very cool. I love that. The only thing that I'm wondering is, it was I mean, I know it's a winter walk, but December the 8th in Great Falls, I mean, <laughs> bundle up, right? Yes, it can be very cold, but 
honestly, I believe that it's worth it. You have a lot of fun. You get to make connections with the athletes who are just amazing people and so lucky that we have that opportunity here. And then, of course, celebrating that we completed this freezing walk with hot chocolate at the end and pictures is just it's worth it in the long run. You probably learn a lot from working with those athletes, too. Yeah, it's honestly such a fulfilling experience. And I know um, not only for us, but for the athletes, just everyone all around, it's an amazing time. Well, Tia, that's cool. Now, I know you're just a junior, so I don't want to, like, sit here and put you on the spot, but do you have plans or thoughts about what you might want to do when you're done with with high school there at Great Falls? Um, I do want to go to college, and I'm planning on either going into physical therapy or something with business. Okay, you know, you also could be the president if you'd like, so just consider that (laughs) as a future option, okay? I'll think about it. <laughs> hey, Tia, we really appreciate you being with us. This was really fun, and congratulations on all the stuff you're doing up there, all the different uh, uh, you know works and organizations and give backs and stuff. It's really, really great. We appreciate you taking the time and being with us, okay? Of course. Thank you. Tia Zaremski. She was a blast to talk to. We appreciate her being with us earlier this year, back in November. She is our Mattress Firm Student of the Week. Again, we will have the voting for you. It's going to happen in two places, at the ABC uh, Foxy SWX website and also at mattressfirmmt.com. We will let you know when that is live, when you can vote. It'll be later on at the end of uh, April and then heading into May. And so we'll get you set up with that. But our Mattress Firm Student of the Week, we appreciate Tia Zaremski for having been with us. Hour one in the books, hour two straight ahead. Jeff Choate. Head coach of the Montana State Bobcats sat down with Colter. We got a bunch of sound for you from him right after this. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 